0: The Utah Jazz continue their winning ways on the road. Nine straight, in fact, for the Jazz on the road. And Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, the guys you'd expect led the way. We're talking about it on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone after every Jazz game live for you on YouTube, Facebook, and the Twitter. Glad to have you aboard. And Ron, the Utah Jazz Just do what they've been doing. They win on the road. This one really commanding fashion. They took control of the game uh, early in
1: the third quarter and never relented. I think all season long, and I think you pointed this out, how strong the Jazz are in the second half of basketball games, in particular the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like they seem to uh, figure things out or they they change their style just a little bit. Or I I really think that they start to take advantage of, of other situations out there on the floor. And and Boyan comes on strong here in the second half after having kind of a mediocre first half. I think he only had three points there at the first at the first part of the ballgame. At the first half, he only had three ball, three points.
0: Well, I mean, the same thing for Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. They yeah. opened the night two for seven in the first quarter. They go six of ten in the third – excuse me, in the second. And by the end of three quarters, Mike Conley's got 18.7 rebounds and six assists. So they seem to read it the same way. It's interesting. Mike Conley in post postgame interview with Holly Rowe and Thurl Bailey so the Quinn Snyder told him to run more. They didn't have a fast break point all game, but evidently they were just getting into things earlier, and that made a difference.
1: Yeah, it really makes a, a difference. I, I, that I don't understand. I mean, sometimes you can just accidentally get a fast break points but tonight uh they just um, continue to play a half court game maybe that was part of the game plan because they knew that the um uh, the pelicans want to run they're a very good running basketball team but not a very good half court team so if you shoot a good percentage and keep them in half court then you, it's to your advantage but to not get any fast break points that that doesn't happen very often
0: no it does not the jazz uh the interesting one to me, Ron, was when you prepare this game, you're coming in and you see that Herb Jones is kind of being, he's started because he's a defensive player, 6'9", 23-year-old rookie, uh, out of Alabama, uh, super good defensive player. He's got a record for most consecutive block shots and steals mm-hmm. for a rookie for New Orleans. I mean, he's really made a name for himself defensively. He's kind of this year's Maurice Thibel. And you looked it up, and Donovan was 3 of 14 in two games against him when he was the primary defender of the first two games. And as you, And then all of a sudden, you kind of wonder, so, what's going on with that? And we know how much film watches. Donovan watches. We're on the. We're not on the road. This is one of those killer things where, but like, if we were on the road, you just would wait until Do, you'd wait outside the locker room, catch Donovan on the walk to the bus, and say, "Hey, by the way, did you watch film?" And he'd tell you a story. You wait till practice tomorrow. I mean, this is a classic example where, unfortunately, we don't have that information. But the fact is, Donovan goes 11 of 19, 29 points. He goes 7 of 10 when guarded by Jones. I really feel like what we saw was a veteran studying film of a youngster, realizing what he does to him, and then taking advantage
1: of yeah. it. He's six foot seven, and and usually six guys with, with quickness and, and good feet, you know, they can bother things like that. But as you mentioned, you figure things out, he, he was able to do it. And, and uh, just obviously – Donovan had a lot of respect for this young kid to if he if he went to that length of, of trying to make sure that he had a good night uh, against him but you know there's there's one thing for a player to just go out and play the game and don't study it and don't uh put the time in and the work in in order to be better and obviously Donovan who's 6 foot 3 Maybe six, one. Maybe six, one. <laughs> really taking advantage of a 6'7 player.
0: Brandon Ingram goes 3 of 18 tonight. He does have seven assists. He's coming off an ankle sprain, so he might not have been quite right, obviously. But, you know, he did. He only took one shot in the rim against the Jazz when Rudy Gobert was on the floor the last time. Like, you look at his shot plot in the middle of the paint. It's just empty. It was There was one little blue mark in there. He did not attack. He tried it for a little while. He got blocked. He went back. He... He's clearly as great as he's been against the Jazz. Sometimes in the past, for whatever reason, right now, in most recent years, he is not moving. He is not attacking Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he
1: is not what we're used to seeing. And 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 I'm wondering though if um, how bad that ankle was, or and because it's taken quite a quite a bit of time in order for it to uh, to heal to the point where he can be very effective out there on the floor. At at his size and his height, he should be a, a DeRozan. You know, especially in the mid-range, because he can shoot over any defender. He has a that little fade shot that you know away from the defender, and it's just hard to defend it. And I don't think he takes advantage of that enough.
0: Jazz shot the three well tonight. They went 19 of 39, 49%. Pelicans 12 of 46. One aspect of the Pelicans 12 of 46 is they have no off-the-bounce three-point shooters that shoot above 30%, and the Jazz were perfectly aware of it. You could see it in their game plan. The way they defended the three, the Pelicans actually hit one off-the-bounce three. It was Ingrams with about 30 seconds left. They went one for nine tonight. It's interesting to have a roster that, like, obviously what they're planning on is Zion being inside kicking out to everyone because without that, they just don't have guys that can create shots. Yeah,
1: it's... I mean, But they're playing better, and and, um, will they ever develop something like that? Graham is probably the one right now that you have a lot of confidence in, and and shooting off the bounce threes or off the bounce shots. Period. But I, I was impressed with um, with with their record, and I hadn't watched them play for quite some time. But you had to be impressed with winning ten of the last seventeen yep. ball games.
0: They came in and were playing much better. Sixteenth overall in that stretch. Hayden has a comment. It's only January. We're heavily dependent on Rudy Gay guarding his yard, and he's really having a tough time with that right now. Teams are going after him, not just at the five. And the Spurs went at him uh, completely. You know, it is, I think the opening comments, January, you need him to be good in April and May, but he's got to get in either better shape or, you know, maybe at 35, 36, he's not able to move that
1: way. I I, I don't know if, maybe we need to watch this a little bit longer, but I don't know if it's the fact that his age, I I just think he's not reading the defense uh, or not biting in, biting in is probably wrong, but not recognizing and not responding to to the defense that the Jazz want to, uh, to do out there on the floor. Uh, I think when they have shoot-around, he's a little bit better. Without shoot-around today, they didn't have a shoot-around this morning. That Or did they? Nope. No, they didn't. And so I think he's struggling with it because he did make some mistakes out there and, and put the Jazz in a tough situation to the point where they either get an offensive rebound or they were able to get you know, two points.
0: Uh, Jared says New Orleans announcers called Mitchell unguardable tonight. Some of those step backs are just incredible. I, I love this comment because we're actually a moment in the game as a broadcaster. Every now and then, when something happens, you want to jump on it. You, you can't. I-, I watched one of his threes. It actually came up short. Ron, can you explain to me as a player this crossover step back three and then to have enough strength to elevate and shoot the ball 24 feet? Like, how, like, what is it that those guys like? What is that? Because and how strong are these guys to shoot that one? Get it there and two have enough touch to make it.
1: Well, it's just it's just practice, and and obviously we watch him warm up, we watch him shoot those kind of shots. But the big thing here is if you watch a guy uh, and, and Donovan's he, he's when he's driving to the basket, he's setting up that step back because he's driving very strong to the basket. He's very quick going to the hole, and now you get a point where you're one on one, and you uh, you start. You put the ball on the floor as though you're going to go to the basket very strong. That defense, have, that defender has to react. Now you step back. Now, as far as getting the ball there, you've noticed that whenever a guy steps back, he's not in a hurry to shoot it because he has to get on balance. Sometimes you have to square the shoulders, and Donovan gets up high enough, and and the ball is uh, has a very high release. You know, he has a very high soft release there, and so it's awfully difficult to block. But it all he sets it up off the dribble drive because he's going to the basket very strong and the, and the defender has to react
0: from the other night. But do refs try to make up for obvious missed calls, mm. i.e., the block through the net on JC against Ooh. the wolves and the backcourt violation, this game game. So I'm going to give you the answer that the NBA will tell you the answer. To this question is what the NBA will tell you is that those officials are judged on every single call. And at the end of every night, they get a report call of every single call. So if they miss the J.C. dunk, which they did, they'll get a negative on that. If they try to make up for it with another bad call, they'll get another negative. And that's how they get playoff performances. And that's how they get placements. And that's how they get games. And that's how they get paid so that there should not be makeup calls in the course of a game because it will impact their grading, the grading system and how hard
1: they're graded.
0: Um So that is the answer the NBA would give on why there's no
1: makeup. You you hope like hell officials don't do that. I mean, I would imagine back in the day when officials really would talk back to players. I I played against some officials that would get in a player's face and and challenge him after being challenged by a player or something like that. But they've cleaned all of that up now. And um, and I think the grade system, as you just mentioned, has really made this officials much better yeah i mean in
0: the old days i think this stuff existed yeah in today's day when that many if you if they find some sort of vendetta type thing or some sort of
1: makeup calls or if they hear anything like that if they hear anything like that they'll call an official in and they'll probably have a conversation with them or something like that and we don't know um this we don't we don't know there there's fine systems for the for player for officials there as well, they're just not publicized. So right, we,
0: and, and I will, I follow the official uh, assignments very closely. You'll see officials like suddenly not work for a week. Now maybe mm-hmm. they get a week off, or maybe <laughs> yeah. they right, like you just yeah. don't know, like because the NBA doesn't talk about it. But there, so it's an interesting um, aspect. All right, Jazz win it tonight over the Pelicans. It is their ninth straight road win. Uh, we'll be back at it late. Denver KSL radio as well as. as well as ESPN, as well as uh, Bowler, Thurl, and Holly. Have a great one. See you.